John chapter 20. Last two verses of uh, the 20th chapter um, are basically uh, the conclusion to God, John's gospel. Now, I know if you have found your place, uh, you're looking and saying, but wait a minute, Jimmy, there's, an, there's another chapter. Um, chapter 21 um, serves almost as, um, uh, as an appendix. Uh, if you've ever uh, read a book, and, and you know there'll be an appendix or an epilogue at the end, but uh, these two verses uh, really sum up the book and, and uh, are really the uh, the conclusion uh, to uh, to the Gospel of John, and he uh, lets us know. Really, uh, it's kind of odd uh, in some ways. Uh, many books they lay out their purpose uh, at the beginning. Uh, John has, is giving us his purpose statement uh, at the end uh, of uh, of his book, uh, and lets us know why. Uh, he has written uh, what he has written, uh, why he has shared with us what he has shared. Uh, and one of the cool things is uh, that he lets us know that he could have shared a lot more, uh, that he could have told us uh, a great deal uh, more uh, than what he actually shared with us. But, uh, but John had a purpose, and we're going to see that uh, in these two verses. And these, uh, these verses, uh, I think, in seeing John's purpose uh, help us uh, to understand, and they, they uh, kind of go along with what uh, Larry said about, uh, about Caleb, um, and uh, that uh, if you saw him, uh, you'd want to know about the Lord that, uh, that he was talking about because of his enthusiasm. Uh, John kind of uh, lets us know that that's who we're all to be about. That we are, uh, that should be uh, who we are uh, as believers. And so as he, uh, he closes, and I'm kind of uh, giving my conclusion uh, to begin with, John is saying really two things. He's saying to the believer, uh, we have a purpose. Uh, we have a, a reason for being. We should be about uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and he's saying to someone uh, who doesn't know Christ that uh, you need to know him, that he came uh, for one purpose, and that was to seek and to save uh, that which is lost. And so uh, as we uh, look in these two verses this morning, and, uh, and we're really... Uh, considering uh, the, the master's motivation. As I thought about this text, and uh, one of the things, uh, and I've seen, and I don't know if they really do this because uh, I'm not an actor, I've never been to Hollywood, don't care to go, uh, but you know, you'll see it on TV every now and then. Some of these uh, shows about actors, they'll say, well, well, what's my motivation? You know, uh, and I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm thinking for an actor, the motivation ought to be the paycheck. Uh, you know, uh, that, ought to be, that ought to be motive enough. But, uh, you know, what's my motivation? Well, we're going to see in this, but really what motivated Jesus Christ, what he was about uh, as he came to earth, as he spent uh, his uh, earthly ministry here, uh, what his motive was in these two verses. First of all, uh, as we look uh, in this text, look what it says uh, as you begin uh, in uh, verse uh, 30, it says that Jesus did uh, many other signs in the presence of his disciples, uh, which are not written uh, in this book. Now, what John is saying, and if you take the Gospels uh, and, you, and you go through them and you make a list, uh, you're going to come up with about... 
35 miracles uh, that are recorded uh, in all four Gospels. Uh, and, and I think it's safe to say that most of us, uh, in thinking about that, would say that uh, there were probably more uh, that didn't get recorded. Uh, and that's what John lets us know. John says there's others uh, that could have been written about. Uh, in fact, if you go through John uh, and count, you will find... Uh, and it kind of depends on uh, your definition of miracle. Uh, it, uh, some people say eight, others say seven, uh, but there's only seven or eight, depending again uh, on what you want to call a miracle or a sign uh, recorded in, in the Gospel of John. Uh, and so. John tells us here uh, that there were, uh, that, that there were a, a lot of things that Jesus Christ did, uh, but he says, in my book, uh, I chose a couple because I wanted you to see something uh, particular uh, that he was doing. And, uh, and he calls them, uh, the, the word there is signs that he uses. Now, you, you, you know about a sign, a sign points you somewhere. A sign gives you uh, information. It tells you something. And, uh, and so John says Jesus performed his miracles uh, for uh, a sign. Now, let's be honest for a moment this morning. Uh, if you had the ability uh, to do miracles, most of you uh, are like me. Every now and then, I'd mess with people. Uh, you know, I'm just being honest. Every now and then, uh, you know, I'd mess with people a little bit. I'd just do a miracle every now and then just for the fun of it. You know, let's be honest. You know, you know, and most of you, if you're honest, you'd be the same way. Every now and then, you'd do a miracle just to mess with somebody. You'd, you know, you'd be at dinner and you'd turn somebody's steak into uh, broccoli or something. You know, every now and then, you'd do a miracle just for, for the pure fun uh, of a miracle, just to see uh, people's reaction. But John says that Jesus, he did his miracles for a purpose. He did his miracles for a reason. He was, again, we know that repeatedly throughout the Gospels, he says over and over, I'm here for what? To do the will of the Father. Uh, and so all of his miracles uh, were done uh, for that purpose. And John tells us here uh, in, that, uh, in this verse, he goes on and he says, but these are written. What, what these? These that I have recorded, uh, these miracles, these signs that, that I have wrote down and included in my book are here for a purpose, to show that you, will, that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that believing on Him, uh, you can have uh, eternal life. And so John says, Jesus, he, uh, he did these miracles for a uh, distinct purpose, to point you uh, towards salvation. Not just uh, to impress you, uh, not just to uh, get you to uh, see that He had the power, uh, you... Uh, that, but his purpose uh, was clear, uh, that his desire uh, in all his miracles, yes, uh, we see that he had compassion. We see that he had mercy. And he did miracles. Uh, he healed people because uh, of his compassion. He uh, healed people because uh, of his mercy. Uh, but over, overarching all of it was he did those things to point man towards Jesus Christ. And so... As we look at that and think about that model for a moment, uh, then that tells us who we are uh, as a church, who we are as believers, what we should be, uh, what we should be about. Uh, as believers. We should be about pointing people uh, to Jesus Christ. 
I've used the phrase several times uh, lately that we uh, should be living like missionaries. We should be living like missionaries. And, and uh, that's a, that takes a lot of unpacking to completely uh, explain uh, the fault of living like a missionary. Uh, you know, most of the time uh, when we think about missionaries, uh, we think about uh, families uh, or individuals uh, who have packed up everything and moved somewhere around the world, uh, moved into some other culture. I don't know if you've paid any attention to what's going on around us or not, but you don't have to move to another country to be in another culture. You, 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 you're pretty much a foreign missionary right here in Cabarrus County now. Uh, you're, you're pretty much on the mission field uh, right here. You don't have to go out of the country. You don't have to go around the world to be on the mission field. Now, but what I do want you to think about for a moment is, let's say a family goes on the mission field, and they pack up everything, and they move to some foreign corner of the world at, and serve as a missionary. Do you think when they get there, they gather the people together and have a debate over um, music style? Do you think after they've packed up everything, moved their family to some backside of nowhere spot, learned a new language, left their family behind, that they spend a whole lot of time debating what time we're going to have worship? Do you think they spend a lot of time debating and arguing over what color pews to put in their church? Do you think they spend a great deal of time having committee meetings and, and all the things that, that, that draw the, uh, the attention and effort of the church in America? What do you think, after packing up everything and moving around the world, taking their family, taking their children to some foreign backside, nowhere, learning a new language, leaving family behind, what do you think they spend their time doing? Telling people about Jesus. They don't have time. They don't have the energy for all the things that, that, that catch the eye of the church in America today. You tell me, how many of you have heard of a church divided? This is a yes vote. Yeah. How many times was it over something, I'm just going to say, stupid? Have you ever heard of a church divided, arguing, because they weren't winning enough people to Jesus Christ? Have you ever heard... Anybody stand up in a business meeting of your average Baptist church and say, you know what, we've got to do something. We're just not winning enough people to Jesus. Oh, now, they'll stand up and tell you the temperature's wrong, the music's too loud or too soft, or you know, some other you know, who knows what harebrained idea. But what we see from the demonstration of Jesus Christ was He had one purpose. He came so that people would believe that He was the Son of God 
and believing on Him, they would have eternal life. That's what we're to be about. Everything, listen, I'm not saying there aren't some other things that we have to do and take care of to be a church. I'm not saying there aren't issues that we need to take care of, but I'm saying our primary goal, we're going to say, I want to be like Jesus. Well, right there's how you be like Jesus. It's right there. He did these signs so that people would know that He was the Son of God, that He was the Messiah. Let me ask you a question. As people look at our lives, as people watch us, as they see us, as they hear us, do they know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah? Do they hunger for whatever it is? They may not know what it is. They may not be able to explain it. They may not be able to call Him by name. But do they know that there's something different and they want it? Rhonda gets aggravated at me many times. But one of the things that I have been known to do is go into a restaurant and not know what I want to eat and see somebody eating something that looks good and it looks like they like it. And I'll say to the waiter, what is that? And I have been known to stop by the table and say, what you eating? That really bothers her. You know, uh, but you know, what is that? I want whatever that is. Listen, we need to ask ourselves, are we a demonstration? Are others seeing our life and saying, I don't know what it is, but I want it. John says Jesus came and His signs were done to point people to salvation, to point people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You see the demonstration, not just a demonstration, but you see the disciples present. Look what He says. He says He did these in the presence of the disciples. As I, as I read that, and I saw that text, a thought crossed my mind. Quite honestly, you could take that, those few words, Now I'm not advocating changing the Word of God, but let's be honest. You could take those couple words out and really not change much in the verse. If you said Jesus did many other signs which are not written in this book. doesn't really change the message that much. So John included, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in the presence of the disciples for some reason, for, for some purpose. What would that purpose be? That purpose would be so that when somebody said, no, he didn't, John could say, yes, he did. Go ask the disciples. They saw it. One of the interesting proofs of the, the, the Lordship, the miracles of who Jesus Christ is, is that this ragtag bunch of disciples never bailed out. People have said, and we've talked about this as we've moved through the book of John, that there were those who believed that the disciples stole his body and hid it. Well, 
you, you've met the disciples. You've read about the disciples. You know that they are a fairly unreliable bunch. They, they, they're not, um, at least up until the resurrection, they're not, they're a little sketchy. You know, we got Thomas. We got Peter. You know, we, we got some denying and some doubting. We, 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 you know, we, we got a, a fairly sketchy bunch. We got a traitor. You know, we got a fairly sketchy bunch in those 12. If they had stolen the body and, and hid the body, when the pressure got on, don't you think one of them would have rolled over and said, yeah, yeah, over here is where we hid the body. I mean, look at it. Let's be honest. You know, there's not a single record in the Bible or outside the Bible, no historian, nothing that the archaeologists have dug up, nothing anywhere shows that, listen, these, every one of the remaining 11 disciples, history tells us, died as a martyr. They were stoned. They were crucified themselves. They were crucified upside down. They were burned. They were executed. They were tormented and tortured. Do you think they would have went through that for something they didn't believe in wholeheartedly? When the Bible says John or Jesus walked on the water, in the presence of the disciples, we don't read anything, see anything anywhere where one of the disciples ever stepped up and said, no, 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 that's not the way it happened. In fact, what we do have is the, the Gospels in perfect harmony recording his miracles and all giving the same detail. Now, they may give different details, just like if I see a wreck and you see a wreck, we, we may give, you may, you may talk more about the red car and I may talk about the blue car, but same wreck. They, they, they gave the same, they described the same miracles. And so John includes this, this presence of the disciples for an important reason. He wants us to know, he says, listen, do you not think that if John would have wrote, Jesus did these signs in the presence of the disciples? How many of you ever tried to tell a story with some other folks around? And it doesn't matter how well you tell the story. Somebody in that group is going to go, oh, no, 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 that's not the way it really is. Let me tell you what I, you know, let me, you know, we don't see anywhere where any, anybody ever corrected John's account. When John said Jesus walked on the water, you can believe Jesus walked on the water. When John said he gives the blind back, the lame back, the ability to walk, the lame man walked. When John says the tomb was empty, the tomb was empty. When John says he appeared in the upper room, he appeared in the upper room. Listen, he says there were witnesses to this case. The disciples saw what he did. The demonstration. You see, the disciples. Then you see the design. Look what John says. This, this is important in the next verse. 
He says, but these things, what I have written, I wrote these things that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He says, here's the reason I wrote. You know, if you go to the bookstore today, you walk in, and there are books from wall to wall, ceiling to ceiling, on every topic known to man. Go to Amazon, get on Google, Google it, and somebody's wrote a book about it. They're out there. They write for money. They write for prestige. I think some of them write because they're bored, if you've ever read some of their books. They're bored and they want you to be bored. That's the way some of their books read. John says, I write the things I wrote. Everything you have read, everything we have been through in the Gospel of John was for one purpose. So that you would believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's my whole purpose. John says, that's the whole reason I wrote. Listen, what, what is the message of that simple verse? Today, if you're here, if you're watching with us online, and you know Jesus Christ personally, you know Him as your Lord and Savior, then He says that, that we should serve Him because He is the Son of God. We should love Him. We should witness for Him. We should worship Him. We should work for Him because He is the Son of God. He should motivate us. He should direct us. He should guide us. He should be our, uh, our, our inspiration. He should be our everything. He says, because Jesus Christ, he, I wrote these things so that you would know that He is the Christ, the Son of God. And if you don't know Him as your Savior, John says, I wrote. And I love John, if you read his writing. If you look in the Gospels, if you look in the Epistles, you'll see that John regularly uses the phrase, I write these things that ye may know. That you may know. I believe five times in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, he uses that phrase. I write these things that you may know. John doesn't want you to go through your life when somebody says, are you going to heaven? Do you know Jesus? He doesn't want you to have to say, I hope so. I think so. We'll see. Some people go through their life, they live their life, and they say, well, at the end, we're going to put the good on the scale and the bad on the scale, and we're going to see which way it tips out. And let me tell you how it's going to tip out. Let me tell you how, it's going to, how that scale is going to go. If you put your eternal destiny on the scale, you're doomed. Because the bad will outweigh the good. I don't care who you are. That may make some of you mad. Get over it. If we put the good and the bad on the scale, the bad, you know, you can see it now. If they put the good on the scale and drop the bad on it, it's going to launch the good into orbit. It's going to be that big a difference. You don't, you don't have a prayer putting it on the scale. John says we have but one Lord, one Savior. I write that you might know that Jesus Christ is Lord.
Listen, that's an encouragement. That is a motivation to those who know him personally. That I serve, I've been saved by the one and only. That God himself sent his son to die on a cross for my sin. John says, I want you to know that. I want you to know that, that Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, took on flesh, came and walked this earth to be an example, to be a lesson, and ultimately to die for your sins. He said, I want you to know that. I want you to be sure of that. And if you don't know Him as Savior, then He says this final statement. You see this final, uh, the duty that comes out of that. And that believing it, you may have life, eternal life, in His name. John says, I write for one reason, so that you may have eternal life. So that you may know Jesus Christ, and you may have eternal life. Listen, he's writing to two people here. He's writing to two types of people. Those who know Christ and those who don't. That's the only kind of people there are. That's the only two types there are. We, do, we like to divide up in America. It's gotten bad. You know, we like to divide up by race. We like to divide up by economic standards. We like to divide up based on where you live, which side of the tracks you're on. There's two types of people. Everybody else falls in those two types. Those who know him and those who don't. Those are the only two. You're in one of those groups today. You're in one of them. And John writes to both groups. He says, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that believing in him, you might have eternal life. Let me talk to one group. Let me talk to the group that knows Him as Savior. If you, know, if you know Him as Savior, John says, I want you to know that there is but one God. There is only one Savior. There is only one who came to die. There is only one who was resurrected. There was only one who defeated death, hell, and the grave. There is only one who is returning for His people. There is only one who is preparing a place today for you. Only one. And we should live with that confidence. We should live with that assurance. When people meet us, when they see us, they should see that in us. They should know that. They should see that there's something about us because we're serving a living Savior that is alive and well. We've heard stories this morning, uh, people giving testimony of the healing power of our God. There are numerous in here that can stand up and talk about the saving power. They, they can talk about how He's put their families back together, how He's healed, how He's uh, brought their children uh, home and, and changed their children's life, that that's God has changed their life. And if you're a child of God, you'd say, I know Him as my Savior. You ought to be living like that. With that confidence and that assurance. But this morning, if you're in this building, or you're joining us online, and you've never accepted Him, you've seen the signs, you've heard about the miracles, You've heard about the crucifixion. 
the death, the burial, the resurrection. You've been to church. You sang the songs. You sat in the Sunday school class. You put offering in the bucket or the plate. You've worked. You've held offices. You've been on committees. But you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart. John doesn't say I wrote these things so that you might be a good Sunday school teacher. I didn't write these things so you could be a deacon. I didn't write these things so you could sing in the choir. I showed you these miracles so that you would believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you would accept Him as your Savior. That's what I wrote for. That's what He came for. That's what He paid for. That's what He desires. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. Christians, when the world sees your life, when the world sees your attitude, when they do business with you, when they interact with you, can they see Jesus? Is your purpose like John's purpose? Is your purpose like the purpose of Jesus so that others would see Jesus? So that others would know Him and be saved? This morning I'm going to ask you, in just a moment as we have our invitation, you can come and kneel here at your seat, whatever it's comfortable, convenient here in this building that you would just simply say, Lord, make me about the same thing that Jesus was about. That others would see him and believe in him. Let my talk, let my walk, my attitude glorify him, point people to him. But there's another group online in this room. You've never asked Him into your heart. You don't know Him as your Lord and Savior. If you're online, would you reach out to us, email, comment, call. love to talk to you. Right where you are, you can ask Jesus into your heart. Ask Him to forgive you for your sins. Ask Him to come into your heart as your Lord and Savior. If you do that, would you let me know? But you're here in this room. You don't know Him. You've never asked Him into your heart. You're a good person. You work. You're good to your family. Jesus didn't do these miracles. John didn't write so that you'd be a good husband or a good father or a good mother. He wrote these things so that you would believe in Jesus Christ as Savior.
Father, we thank you today for your word. God, we pray that you would stir our hearts. God, that as believers, Christians, God, we'd be like John, we'd be like Jesus. One purpose, one main reason, one main reason for being, for living, and that is to show others that Jesus Christ was Son of God, crucified, dead, buried, resurrected, that they might know Him as Savior. But God, for the one here today, the one online that doesn't know You personally, Father, I pray that You'd stir their heart. God, today would be the day, young or old, that they would come and ask Jesus Christ into their heart. That they've seen the signs. They've heard the words. And now they believe and ask Him into their heart. And we'll give you the honor for what you do. For it's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.